Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi, this is Bitch Slap. I'm Rachel Fisher. I'm Desi Jadikin. And this is season two, episode three. Revenge. Oh boy. What an episode. Yeah, it has it all. It really does have it all. Should we start yeah. with Allison's terrifying nightmare? Yes. We and know it's a nightmare because it's black and white. But with a blue tinge. Yeah. <laughs> it always has that blue tint to yes. it. Yes. Allison's having a terrifying nightmare. She's replaying Keith assaulting her, mm-hmm. which happened in the previous episode. Suddenly, the phone rings. It's morning time at Melrose Place. And Allison groggily picks up the phone by her bed. It's Billy. And he's real chipper. I, w- I was irritated. I was like, she uh, just got assaulted. You don't call her in the morning and go, good morning. <laughs> like, Especially when you're doing this behind her back. Although I am proud of him. I, yeah, I'm for, proud of him. I'm just kind of like, why are you all chipper? Come on. You got to be like, hey, how are you? Be a little more... <laughs> Um, serious. But Billy cannot. He can't. He's wearing his denim jacket. Yeah. He's ready to go. We know he's in Seattle because we hear a seagull and that like little boat bell thing. Yeah. And then we see the, um, that tower. What is that? The space needle. The space needle. We see that when he goes for a drive. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's in the Pacific Northwest. So he's got his, uh, jean jacket on. <laughs> and he's, um, he's like standing by a dock. Some like a, yes, some kind of dock somewhere. That's just how it is in Seattle. Everyone's constantly either standing by a dock or getting coffee in the rain. Absolutely, that's the only two things people in Seattle do. Mm. So that's what Billy's doing on his way to kick Keith's ass. So Billy lies to Allison when she's like, "Where are you?" And he says that the magazine sent him on a research trip. Yeah, that's all. She's that's it. Further. Um, we know it's the nineties cause he has an open map on his lap, right? Trying to find Keith's address. <laughs> <laughs> Allison says she feels like a basket case and Billy tells her, I have a feeling Keith's not going to be bothering you anymore. Not very subtle. He's not good at this. No, but Billy has Keith's address. Oh, cause he has a letter. Cause remember that episode where Allison was like, Keith writes me letters every day. Yeah. And then this, this shot lingered for incredibly long time. Like as if we needed to read the address. Cause we see the envelope with Keith's like, like I love that Keith also put his return address. Mm-hmm. It's like, who cares? Right. If you're stalking someone, just send it to them. But this was before he was stalking her. Oh, this is just his love letters. But yes. the love letters themselves are a little crazy too. Like the fact that he's sending her weekly letters. But at that time, Allison was really impressed by that. Yes. Even though she didn't want to be with him, she wanted to be with Billy. She was like, wow, he cares. Yeah. So Billy is like looking at the envelope. We have plenty of time to also read the address. That's how long this shot is. We know where to find Keith. So he's he starts driving with that envelope and the map open. (laughs) Like it's just like it's a whole 90s thing. Yeah. Happening here. He pulls up at a house, which is presumably Keith's house, and he knocks on the door, but no one answers. And then he starts peeking inside the windows, and he doesn't see anything. It looks real dark in there. Yeah. So he goes around the side. He's peeking in more windows, and then he just breaks in. 
Yeah. Through like a back door. He has no qualms. At this point, it's like, what is your plan? That's what I was thinking. I was like, you don't just, all the time you flew up there, you weren't thinking on the plane. What am I going to do when I get there? Like, what's his plan? It's crazy. He could have gotten arrested for this. Yeah. I mean, this happens all the time in TV where they end up getting in trouble and the stalker or rapist or whatever gets off scot-free. Right. And they actually go to jail for attacking them or whatever, doing something like this. Yeah. Yeah, The victim is driven to do something. Yes. And they're the ones who get punished. Right. Because there's actually proof of something happening. Yeah. So this was such a weird, stupid move, even if it does work out well for him in the end. We see inside Keith's house once Billy goes in and it is like a hoarder's situation. It's a pigsty. It's a pigsty, and Billy even says, what a pig. I like that we had to hear him say that. Because <laughs> like, it is something Billy would have said to his face, too. Oh, totally. Uh, I also noticed that Mr. Environmentalist had styrofoam <gasps> everywhere. Because he's just ordering takeout food. So it's just piles and piles of styrofoam containers. Not very eco-friendly. I was very shocked. Not eco-friendly at all. He also didn't have a bed frame. He just had a mattress on yeah, the floor. Classic. Not even a box spring. No, nothing. Some fucking blankets and a sheet. <laughs> so Billy's like snooping around looking for some. We don't even know what he's looking for at this point. Well, because he knows Keith's not there, right? Right. And then Billy discovers a wall of photos of Allison, like framed photos. But this made me laugh because I did notice shots from her um, opening credits montage the promo shot the promo shots with the jean vest (laughs) where she has her arms crossed they could i don't understand because we've seen this framed photo that keith has before of allison where it's clearly the promotional shot and i really looked at these photos there was like a few from that promotional shot like not just one multiples i did too and there were it was like half promo shots of allison and then half candid regular snapshots right and there's like 30 framed photos they could have gotten just a few more candid pictures of her look the 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 promo shots were so noticeable that they should have just not at all done them it was in my opinion it was distracting (laughs) back at melrose place sydney and jane because sydney's here now Sydney and Jane are at the apartment and Sydney says to Jane, everyone's wondering if you're going to move back to Chicago. And Jane's like, no, Sydney, I'm ready to go out on my own. Yeah. And I have a life here now. I'm a designer. I don't need Michael. I'm a divorced designer. <laughs> I'm, a, <laughs> I'm a divorced designer and I'm going through a depression, but yeah. I'm getting over it. And Sydney's wearing a very um, Batsheva house dress that looked like a Laura, like the Laura Ashley ones that came out with like the print that had the contra- like a neon green trim, yeah, kind of uh, around the collar. Right. She's wearing a very. It was like, oh, that could be something sold today. Right. She's wearing, yeah, kind of this like, kind of frumpy but kind of cute dress. Yes. And Sydney then starts telling Jane that she thinks she can try it. She should try and work it out with Michael. Yeah. Cause they had a lunch. They went right? to Johnny like Rockets last so- episode and Michael's convincing her to kind of calm Jane down. So right. she doesn't sue him for future earnings basically. So Sydney's strategy is to tell Jane what a great guy Michael was and that he made a mistake. Yeah. So that she feels bad for him and lays off of him in the divorce. And she also says that Jane is the one who has unrealistic expectations about people. Which is so fucking, (laughs) it's so absurd. Um, Sydney also thinks, look, Jane, he's a surgeon with a cute butt. You're not going to get any better than that. So what if he cheats on you sometimes? It's unrealistic expectation that your husband should not cheat on you. We all make sacrifices. He's a doctor. He's a doctor (laughs) with a cute butt. And then she reveals to Jane that they had lunch. And Jane is not happy with this. She goes, Sydney, how could you? Yeah, it's ridiculous. And Sydney's like, he still cares about you. And she's very persistent. 
And then she says to Jane, look, Jane, Michael is the closest thing to Prince Charming that you're ever going to get, which is kind of a, a sick burn. Yeah, because that's what you want. You want Prince Charming? Well, look, you're going to have to settle for Michael Mancini. I mean, we're talking about Michael Mancini here, Sydney. Like, get real. <laughs> he's, a, he's a total scumbag. Yes, he's cute, and he is a doctor, but he'll make your life a living yeah. hell. And to be honest... He was never Prince Charming, even even when he was like not cheating, even when he was not cheating, he was still an asshole. Yeah. At the hospital, Michael and Kimberly are talking about the upcoming deposition. Kimberly is like, just wants this all to be over. She wants to start her life with Michael in their beach house that they can inexplicably afford. Right. Right on the sand. And Michael is like, well, Jane wants to play hardball. I can play hardball. Oh, yeah. He wants to torture Jane. He doesn't care anymore about Jane's feelings. I mean, he never did. But now he's like, I'm not afraid to be an asshole in public. He wants to win. He wants to win. Then they just start making out in the hallway. These doctors, this would never be acceptable. Like, because there's several instances in this episode and the next one where they're just full on fuck, almost fucking in the hallway And it's like people are walking by and they're inexplicably also supposedly trying to keep it on the DL. And it's like, well, I was like, how are you? Because remember, they wanted to deny the affair even was happening. It's just like, what game are you playing here? They don't even know. Can you even imagine if you were at a hospital and you're like visiting a loved one and you just looked up and you see two doctors (laughs) making out? It's like, really unprofessional. Like, Like how weird that would be. Like all of a sudden you just saw two doctors making out. I would say any place of business <laughs> seeing two employees making out would be very odd. Like it, it just be, doesn't happen. It would be so weird. Even if it was a target, like you no, just don't see that. You're right. Any place of business, it would be bizarre. <laughs> you would never see employees making out. It's crazy. And Yeah. I don't know why. And like, you can clearly see extras in the background, like doctors just walking past them. And I'm not even talking about like holding hands or a kiss on the cheek. This is full on making out in a really sexual way. Like, yeah, it's a very horny making out. Yeah. So Matt appears behind them. Yeah, he sees them. He sees them making out, but he's on his he's on his like goody two shoes, like kissing Michael's ass because Michael got them this job. Right. Him this job. So he's kind of like, oh, hey, like he's not like, dude, what are you guys doing? (laughs) Yeah, he just wants to keep his head down and work at the hospital in the social worker department. And he's just like, I'm staying out of this. Yeah. So he's reintroduced to Kimberly and he says something kind of shady. He's like, oh, yeah. I remember you when you came by for the Christmas party when Jane was out of town. <laughs> yeah, when Jane was in Chicago. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You were. <laughs> I mean, funnily enough, that was before they were fucking, too. Yes. She was just there as like a single friend who had nowhere to go. But Matt's put two and two yeah, together. Yeah, absolutely. He's like, oh. The so interest was there. You guys were already horny for each other. Absolutely. By that point. Kimberly walks away to go do her rounds or whatever. And Michael turns to Matt and he says, she's got a great ass, doesn't she? And Michael's like, mmm, she's got a great ass. To, like he, the mmm, it was just like, come on. He's looking at it like it's a cheeseburger. Yeah. The way he says, mmm. And Matt says, sure, I think so. <laughs> Matt's still trying to play along with Michael. Like he doesn't give a fuck about Kimberly's ass. He's dying inside. He's He's like, like, this is humiliating, but I'm just, I have to suck it up and pretend that this is completely normal. Also, there's nothing particularly remarkable about Kimberly's. (laughs) It's like, she's just wearing doctor scrubs and walking away. It's just a very funny scene. Um, But we do learn that Matt got the job. Yes. And he says to Michael, I don't want you to, does he say to Michael or Michael says to him? One of them says, I don't want you to, no, someone doesn't want them to be awkward because of Jane. Yeah, I think Michael says it. And then Matt's like, that's fine. I'm totally neutral. Like, right. You know, he's definitely just still playing that. He is not on anyone's side. I just feel bad that Matt doesn't have a good friend to be gossiping about this with later. I really wish him and Amanda worked out as friends because that would have been juicy stuff. It would have been really juicy. And again, 
it's such a a tragedy that they got rid of Rhonda because Rhonda still could have been in the picture. Like Right. Matt could have had these phone calls with her where he downloads all the gossip. Right. Uh, the thing I liked about the Amanda thing, though, because that could have pushed Matt to a little bit of the darker side. Mm, like, right. maybe, like maybe with Amanda, he would have been like, you know what? Fuck these people. <laughs> Let's talk. Like not, not that he would do anything evil, but he might just shit talk a little more. Yeah. Which Matt does not do. We would, he would like drop some, um, some tea also that like the audience didn't know and that Amanda didn't know. Yes. I would have liked to see, seen Matt go down the dark side a little bit. Cause he's like kind of a saint throughout the whole show. Yeah. Even all of his storylines are him doing something nice usually and it backfiring in some way. Yeah. Like things happen to him. He's not doing things to people, which is part of what makes him, you know, a great guy. And we love Matt. We think he's like right. one of the best people on the show. Yeah. But just to give him some more interesting storylines, maybe yeah. he does something wrong. Right. Like that was out of character. Yeah. It can happen. So at D and D Amanda is officially the newest VP. They got Lucy shit out of there. Lucy's yeah. gone. She's taken over all those accounts. And she's talking to Doug. Oh, yeah. And they're talking about the famous family restaurant proposal. And he's like, can I can I have that uh, famous family restaurant proposal? And Amanda's like, sure. Um, Allison has it. So mm. she calls Allison at her desk. Meanwhile, Allison is sitting at her desk having PTSD flashbacks. It's really frustrating because it's like you need to like – well, first of all, there's nothing wrong with going through a traumatic experience and not being able to focus. Right. What's wrong is going into work under those conditions and you need to, you need to tell someone she, like she should have to- just, I know her reasoning. I get it that Amanda would have like, she thought Amanda would have twisted it around or whatever, but, but it's not going to work out. It's just frustrating that she didn't tell her, um, or at least she didn't have to like get into specifics, but she could have taken off from work. Yeah. Allison, of course, is unprepared. She doesn't have this proposal. And Amanda makes an ex- has to make an excuse to Doug. She's like, oh, <laughs> Al- it's ready. Um, the computer is just not working. But the way she phrases it, she's like, she has trouble getting it out of the computer. I was like, what? I was like, that's something you say in '93, like, like printing. Did she mean printing mean? it? Trouble getting it out. I was like, that was that like an issue? Like, that's an old excuse. Like, the dog ate my homework. Yeah, back then, it's like we can't get it out of the computer. <laughs> How do we do it? Amanda's irritated though because she knows Allison, you're slipping up again. Yeah. So she calls Allison and she says, "Get in here now," mm. and then she chews Allison out in her office. And Allison is like, Amanda, I had a I had a very traumatic weekend. Define traumatic. That's what Amanda says. <laughs> Which is fair because the way Allison describes or says that makes it seem like um, her toaster oven broke. Yeah. I mean, this was her opportunity to say something. To be like, I know I've been fucking up. Let me explain to you. Right. What went to, I've been getting, I've, I've been being stalked. And the guy who stalked me attacked me. Yeah. And they didn't charge him. Yeah. I mean. I'm not having a good time. I just feel like, like you said, I get what she's doing, but it's just not going to work out for her. Meanwhile, in Seattle, Keith is at a construction site giving a tour about how eco-friendly this new project he's working on is. Mm. When Billy rolls up. Yeah. I guess Billy found out his work address from something he found in the house. Yeah. Or some kind of evidence. We don't know. And Billy just marches straight up to Keith while he's in the, he's like wearing a hard hat. He's with, uh, people who are wearing hard hats, like that are on this tour. Professional types, professional types wearing business suits and hard hats at this site. And Billy just marches right up. And he says to Keith, I came here to tell you one thing. If you ever bother Allison again, I'll kill you. Now, I like this moment where Keith is like, get a life, Billy. <laughs> I 
why it was very funny under those circumstances that he is so arrogant. Like if someone I know, I, they knew I attacked Allison, I'd try to calm it down in front of my work people, but he just goes right into Billy again. Like he, he's, that's how, you know, he's off the rails. Keith, right? is, Keith is such a deranged narcissist that he, yeah, like you said, he doesn't even try and calm the situation and like save face in front of his, these people he's giving a tour to. Yeah. He, he just starts going after Billy. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine being on the tour? And you're like, what the hell is yep. happening? <laughs> I'm gonna kill. They're gonna kill our tour guide. Why? What did? Why? The, what did he do? Get a life? What, do, what's going on here? And then murmuring, do we want to work with this guy? Yeah. Do we want to work uh, with this company? So, um, Billy, they get into it. They start going back and forth, and then Billy starts kicking his ass. Like he punches them, and he's punches them like multiple times in the face. Yeah. And Keith, Keith is kind of like doing that psycho thing where he's not really having much of a reaction to it. He's kind of like almost laughing about it. Yeah. And somebody who's on the tour goes, somebody call the police. And Keith's like, no. <laughs> yeah, Keith freaks out. He's like, no, that won't be necessary. This is my pal. Get out of here, pal. <laughs> he does say pal. He, he always calls Billy pal. It kills me. He says to Billy, are you finished, pal? (laughs) And then Keith says to Billy, I'll be seeing you soon, Billy. You can bet on it. And And then he just turns around like nothing happened and continues his tour with a a bloody. (laughs) I was like, who? How do you move on? And the tour It's like if I was in the tour, I'd be like, we can't continue this and they just go right along with this guy he's like okay so over here there's a da 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 and they just follow him in their powder blue construction hats he has a split busted lip he has like <laughs> blood dripping down his face he looks he just got wrecked he got beaten up and he show it looks like he got beaten up and he's literally just like okay and on yeah. your left and no one bats an eyelash they just continue following him on the tour they're not like, sir, you might have a <laughs> sir, concussion. W- let's reschedule the tour. <laughs> we don't hear it about gas valves right now. <laughs> um, it, that was crazy. Yeah. At the beach house, Michael is sniffing his laundry and he's like squatted down on the floor in his boxers. Were they leopard? I didn't notice. They were like leopard, I think. Were which they? made me laugh because I was like, that's Michael. He's totally. He's, you know, he's sniffing laundry and it's kind of vulgar. This was a <laughs> vulgar moment for Michael. He's like squatted down on the floor with his legs open. Like in a like deep squat. It's almost a sumo squat. <laughs> it is a very deep squat. I was like, do you really need to sniff laundry you mostly you know it's dirty guys love sniffing laundry because they're like can i wear it still that's (laughs) what guys are doing they know it's dirty but is it that dirty do you know what i mean yeah (laughs) so michael's just like taking a big old whiff of his clothes that are just in a pile on the floor in a pile it's like all right just wash them they look gross and kimberly appears and Michael's like Kimberly all my clothes are dirty and she's like oh poor baby and she tells him look Michael I know Jane was your little trad wife oh my god but I'm not gonna do your fucking laundry and he's like can't you just throw it in when you throw yours in (laughs) (laughs) it's like what's the big deal Kimberly because Kimberly has silk blouses she separates her laundry. And she separates them and uses a special laundry detergent. She's not putting your disgusting clothes in with hers. Yeah. No. Um, so this is, you know what? This is something Michael misses about Jane. He misses his, he wants a little wifey. He, yeah. Because Kimberly's his equal. He didn't consider this. No. And she's like, I'm a doctor. I'm not doing laundry. I'm yeah. Not your fucking wife. Yeah. At Melrose Place, Allison's drinking coffee before work when Keith calls. Mm. And she's shaken because why is Keith calling? And he tells her, Billy harassed me at my job. (laughs) 
Hi, Allison. I don't know if you know this, but Billy showed up at my job and harassed me. Yeah. So she, this is her finding out Billy was up there. And Allison plays it off. She pretends that she knew that Billy was up there. She's like, oh, I knew he went up there. I know. I know. Yeah. And, and he says something like, you don't have to, I know you hate me, Allison. And and she's like, I do hate you, Keith. (laughs) I wish you were dead. (laughs) I love I love that she said this. Uh, yeah, and she should have never backed down from it. <laughs> like no. there's nothing wrong with that. Keith gets so mad after Allison hangs up on him that he throws one of his framed pictures of Allison into the wall and it shatters everywhere. Yeah. The next thing Allison knows there's knocking on the door. I don't even know if she knocked, but but Amanda appears. Yeah. She's at the door and she's like, hi, my my Porsche won't start. <laughs> she had to she had to really uh, nail it home that she drives a Porsche. I was laughing too, thinking of Amanda being driven to D&D and Betsy. Just like, <laughs> do you know when you have like a friend who gets into your crapper car? Yes. And it's just like, you know, they're kind of like, this is really embarrassing. Because they have some nice car or something. That was always like, yeah, that's the worst part of giving someone a ride. Like, yeah, is when you're giving a ride to someone who like has a really sick car. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah, the the, you have to roll the window down. It's manual. And they're like, oh, do you know what I mean? There's just all those things. Or there's like something broken that on it that you should have gotten fixed like two years ago. Right. Yeah. Or it's really there's like fast food. Oh my God. Yeah. Always. <laughs> just shove all those empty water bottles out of the way. Thanks. Just throw, throw that McDonald's bag in the back. <laughs> um, yeah. She's like, Allison, my Porsche won't start. Can you give me a ride to work? And then Billy arrives and Allison confronts him about the Seattle trip. And she's really upset that he went up to Seattle. Yeah. I think Allison's like waiting by the car at this point. When she's confronting him. Or does Uh, Amanda? Amanda. No, Billy shows up and she's like all nighter. Oh, yeah. And she's like, and and then Allison tries to like move her along. And uh, Amanda says something like, seems odd to me. Oh, well. (laughs) Then she walks off and I guess she waits for Betsy. Amanda stirs the pot a little before she leaves. She's Hmm. like, hmm, seems weird. Yeah. What's going on there? (laughs) I'd look into that if I were you, Amanda. Just, I mean, Allison. Yeah. Just just saying. saying. Okay, anyway, I'll, I'll wait by Betsy. So uh, Allison lays into Billy. Why'd you do that? Why'd you go up to Seattle? Right. And she, of course, she takes the Allison route where she's like betray, a little betrayed by it, she right? Says, you lied to me. Yeah, you lied to me, Billy. And it's like, of course he did. You Sometimes lies happen. He should have told her how awesome it was to punch Keith in the face. Yeah, he should have said, yeah, I lied to you and I would do it again because that felt great. (laughs) And I only wish you could have seen it happen. Yeah. Because he was humiliated in front of all these people at work. Yeah. And they just went back on the tour like nothing happened. (laughs) It was great. At D&D, Amanda's going through Joe's pictures. From the race. From the race. And she's been hired to shoot this Beer campaign. And this is another great um, backhanded compliment from Amanda. She's looking through the photos and she goes, terrific. Much better than I expected. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, you've already worked with Joe. Right. This isn't the first time. Like, no, but she always has to get that little dig in. Yeah. That's classic Amanda. And she tells Joe, she's like, I... I want you to get some night shots of the racetrack. And Joe's like, well, I don't think there's a race at night. She's like, oh, I don't care. Just get something moody. And she wants it by tomorrow morning. And you don't need to put Jake in them. You just go by yourself. Just, yeah. (laughs) We all know where Amanda's going with this. We all know where this is going. She's sending Joe out to this racetrack just to shoot at night. Nothing. Yeah. Just the empty track. And putting her on a, a really tight schedule so she has to develop them that night. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So she's going to be booked and busy. Then she leaves and Amanda immediately picks up the phone and calls Jake. 
Yeah. To make plans with him. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. So Sydney shows up to the beach house. Yes. In a bra top. Is she wearing the bra top yet? No. No, this she's isn't not. Yet. Okay, but she shows up to the beach house and she brought lasagna. Yeah. And she's being very flirty. She's like, "Hi, Hi. Michael. Hi. I brought you some lasagna." Yeah, she's so on a 11 as far as being like it's not even subtle. No. <laughs> and she walks in, and she goes, "God, what a bitch in place. I want to live by the beach." Yeah, and and Michael's trying to hide a bra. Yeah. One of Kimberly's bras is just strewn about. I love that he still thinks that they're going to pull off this con. I don't get what he's doing. Because why are you making out at work, but then at home you have to act like you don't live together? Because even if her bra is there, couldn't it just be she came over? It doesn't mean you're living together even. Like, yeah. it, it's just weird. Um, I think it's especially insane that he thinks he can hide the affair altogether. It's crazy. This is nuts. Like as if Jane's high powered attorney wouldn't subpoena someone from work to testify about the nature of their relationship at work. Right. And people are seeing them make out nonstop. Right. <laughs> like no one, no one from, and also Matt. Oh my God. Yeah. And you're going to get one nosy person at work who's like, Oh, I'd love to testify. And they're going to be like, I caught on to it in July before, long before yeah. anyone else I walked else into did. the break room at one point. <laughs> like, <laughs> they were talking about sex. Yeah. Anyway, Sydney wants to do Michael's laundry. This is where Michael can't help himself. No. Because he's like, this, I, this is the best of both worlds. Fucking Kimberly. And I got a man. Uh, what is, what's their name? And Andrews. Andrews. And Andrews girls doing my laundry. It doesn't matter which one. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give a fuck. He doesn't give a fuck who's doing his laundry as long as it's a hot babe and he yeah. doesn't have to think about it. Great. Thank you. You want to feel like you're doing something, Sydney? Here you go. Don't starch my shirts. <laughs> He's happy to hand over his laundry and and he when she leaves and he smirks. He, he's done it again. He thinks he's a genius. <laughs> oh, he can't believe his luck. <laughs> yeah, this is working out great. <laughs> Amanda has drinks with Jake, not at Shooters. This is something I like about Amanda that also shows her pettiness is whenever she invites someone to drinks, she never brings them to Shooters. No. And she's like, this is a great Chardonnay. And I was like, it's Jake. He does not give a fuck about Chardonnay. He does not care. Light jazz music is playing. Yeah, it's a more upscale place for sure. Yeah, they're sitting at a little bistro table. And she's presenting him with the pictures that Joe shot of him at the race. And he likes them. And she's like, well, I hired Joe. And they have a little toast to Joe. But Amanda continues. She's like, look, Jake, a part of what made these pictures so special was you. Yeah, you're a natural. You're the star. I want you to be the star of this sagebrush beer campaign. Yeah, he's perfect. He's perfect for it. And Jake, of course, 
being Jake is like, it's just not me. I hate, I, I was mad at him. I'm like, you need money, you fucking idiot. <laughs> Do it. You know how much money you will make? Who fucking cares? Like, this is classic what would piss me off about Jake all the time. Me too. It's just irritating. It's his stubbornness. It's the easiest thing in the world. You're struggling financially, and this would set you up possibly for life. Like, if you, if this campaign went on for a really long time, like. And it could lead to other things. Yeah, who cares, Jake? And Just give do him, it. And give him promo for his business. It's so stupid. Why would he not do this? And why wouldn't Joe convince him to? Because she really doesn't. She does not. Like, she doesn't one time say to him, you idiot, fucking take it. It's easy as hell. Right. No one will. No one knows who you are. Like, if, if you didn't want to tie your name to it, you wouldn't even have to. Just take the money. Like, Right. It's just so stupid. Um Amanda is insistent though. She's like, Jake. Yeah. You're just so hot, Jake. You're you make these shitty mediocre pictures that Joe took of you very sexy. Yeah. I'm wet, in fact. But- <laughs> Did I say that out loud? <laughs> She's trying to act like it's professional, but she wants to bang Jake. Who doesn't? I mean, who doesn't want to bang Jake? But this is like, Amanda, you have to play it a little more cool because you just did this with Billy and Allison. It's like you need to pick someone in the interim that doesn't have a girlfriend. Yes. Just like take a break. And then if you want to hit on somebody's boyfriend again, like, all right, fine. I guess you're addicted to that shit. But just take a break. Take a break. It's uh, Joe and Jake are always on the rocks. There's bound to be an opportunity <laughs> coming. <laughs> like, yeah. Just wait until they're single for a moment. Yes. At the complex, Allison's pouring a drink. Look, you got to pour a drink before you start yelling at Billy. Mm. You need the fortification because he's going to annoy the hell out of you. Uh, yeah. It's only going to make things worse. Um. Yeah. So this is where she really lays more into Billy about this betrayal. Yes. Right? Yeah. She, I think she calls it a betrayal. Yes. That's such an over the top Allison word. It's like, it's not really a betrayal. Any, this is a very typical reaction by men in your life. If someone hurts you, yeah, they're going to go after the guy, even if you don't want them to, to, it's hard for them not to, they're going to have a certain type of guy. They're going to have an emotional reaction and they're going to like take it to that level. Yeah. And that's what Billy did because he feels powerless because the police didn't do anything. Yeah. I mean, I get you're coming from the, she's coming from the angle possibly where you don't want them. I put that. Here's the thing. I don't even think that's her angle. Cause I would be like, I don't want you going to jail. Right. And I feel like hers really is just the betrayal and the lie. Yeah. It's weird. For me, I would also be mad. Like I get why Allison would be mad. Like I would also be mad because I'd be like, don't make this, this could potentially be, blow up and be worse because he's unhinged. Yes. That's what I would be mad about. Not necessarily the betrayal aspect of it. Cause I would understand why they would want to do that, but I would also be like, don't do it. This could put me in a worse situation. Yes. I would definitely understand. And part of me would even be like, thank you. Like I get it. Right. You were trying to help me and that's kind of nice and protective. Right. But yeah. So, She's really stressed out, but Billy is like so stupid. He's convinced it he handled it and it's over. Like this is where he is a moron. You what? don't get here's the thing. Keith is not handleable. <laughs> like you handle-able. can't handle you can't handle him. No. Because he is not gonna stop. He like, he's unhinged. He he is he is gonna see this thing to the end and he's gonna get his way i mean in a way i feel like for a lot of men in particular it's hard for them to grasp the reality of how men can treat and control a woman Mm. do you know what i mean like they don't they think they can stop something like that by scaring them, not realizing that these people won't stop they're relentless they're relentless and they they're not thinking clearly in right, that, that state, I think. And I think, like I said last week, it might have worked if Billy had gone up there with all of Jake's motorcycle friends and like a big group of them, like really intimidated Keith. Yeah, but I think I think Keith's now at the level where he he's willing to die for 
his cause, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which is his own cause. You know, it's his own narcissistic cause. Like, yeah, he's abandoned the cause of saving the turtles in the bay, and now he's yes. his cause is uh, harassing Allison, right? And when someone is willing to to die for something, it's really hard to stop them because they have nothing to lose, right? Like, yeah. And we saw Keith's house; he really has nothing to lose. Um, and the, here's another thing I noticed in this scene: Allison pours vodka at this beginning of the scene, but when she sits down, it's Rose. It's Rose. <laughs> okay. I was like, did I miss something? But I had to go back and I was like, no, she's pouring vodka. Cause it's the bottle. Yes. And then when she sits down, she has a huge glass of Rose with dinner. This was, <laughs> this was a continuity error. Okay. Is this, that, is that what you think? Yeah. I think it was a continuity error. Um, or something, yeah. Because we never see the vodka glass. So it is a continuity error. You're right. Because I wrote down initially and then I had to delete it. I remember writing down that she poured herself vodka, but then like later on in the scene, she's drinking rose. Out of a, I, yeah. Out I wrote, of, now she's drinking wine? <laughs> and she's drinking it out of a wine glass. Yeah. And she explains to Billy, because Billy wants Allison to tell Amanda what's going on so that she can be helped at work. Yes. But... Allison doesn't want to tell Amanda because she thinks that Amanda will just find a way to blame this all on Allison, which is fair. I, I, like I said before, I get where she's coming from. I get get where she's coming from, but also it's, that's also going to be bad for her. Yeah. Cause she's not doing a good job. Like if she could handle it and cover her work, she might get away with it, but she's not. Or like go to counseling. Allison, you need to be in therapy right now. Seriously. The next day, Jane wakes Sydney up. Every scene where it's the morning time, Sydney is asleep in that pullout couch. Yeah. Like dead asleep. And Jane is like, Sydney, I need you to help tidy up the house. But after work, we can go hit the town. Ooh. And Jane leaves for work, and Sydney reaches under the bed and starts smelling Michael's laundry. Now, this is even pervier. Cause she's smelling someone else's dirty laundry. <laughs> also, she just took the clothes. Remember she just, she picks up the clothes off the floor from Michael's just in a pile. She doesn't put it in a shopping bag. Nothing. She just carries it out. And now that same pile is under her bed in a pile. Like these people have no shopping bags or grocery bags to stuck to stick stuff in. No, she just has it in a huge giant pile that she's carried in her arms. But now she's like inhaling this laundry. Yeah. Because she's horny for Michael. Joe is annoyed at Jake because he had dinner with Amanda. And but she she's more blaming Amanda. She says she's like, God, she's manipulative. Yes. And then he tells her about the beer campaign. And Joe Joe doesn't believe that Amanda really wants Jake for this campaign. She thinks it's a ploy to like get him. Get him. And Jake's like, well, it's fine because I said no. Yeah. Idiot. And, and then you fucking idiot. And then they make out and it's all better. Sydney's doing laundry and Jane comes into the laundry room and Sydney stuffs all the laundry into the washer to try and hide the fact that she's doing Michael's laundry. Yeah. And Jane's like, oh, can I throw some of my stuff in there too? Yeah. And Sydney says, I live to do other people's laundry. (laughs) Sure. Billy wakes up and he finds that Allison is still awake from the night before. She's like working though. And she has to leave for work. And she's just like, okay, are you going to change your suit? I guess she does change her suit. Yeah, she takes it off. She does. And, oh, right, because she's, okay. She's going to hop in the shower. She's going to hop in the shower before work. And Billy apologizes to her for confronting Keith. Allison apologizes for her overreaction. And Billy's like, I'm just madly in love with you. And Allison's like, let's just never mention the K word again. And at first I was like, wait, what's the K word? Ketamine. ketamine? (laughs) I'm like, oh, Keith. Okay. Yeah. So Billy's like, can I join you in the shower? He he just like hops in. I was irritated by this because I mean, Allison was into it, but part of me was expecting her. Billy, I have to go to work. Can you get the fuck (laughs) out of the shower? I don't do this right now. But we did get a nice long look at the cat shower curtain. (laughs) 
What do you think I wrote right here? I said we get a nice close-up of that cat curtain. Finally. Finally. It's a cute shower curtain. We got a real look at every single cat drawing on that curtain. I would love to have that shower curtain. Me too. It's real it's the nice by far the nicest thing in their apartment. I mean, she really nailed it with that. And it's like, why don't they have a cat? Allison would totally have a cat. Yes. Yeah. So Sydney goes to the beach house with Michael's laundry, but he's not home. So she's starts snooping around and she goes around to the back deck where Kimberly is tanning herself. And none of us buy the fact that Kimberly would be tanning. She's pale as hell. She's red hair. And she's a doctor. <laughs> what? She, we're supposed to buy that she's in a bikini just lying out in the sun. It was, I was just like, whatever. Like maybe she'd be out there reading and having coffee. This but is, Kimberly is not a sunbather. No, this is so out of character. You know that Kimberly was like an early adopter of the sun co- causes skin cancer. Oh, absolutely. She's a sunscreen girl. She's a sunscreen girl through and through. But I like the meeting of the supervillains. Yes. <laughs> like, this is their first meeting, right? The like two explosive redheads. Absolutely. And, and there must have been a moment where they were seeing each other and kind of being like, redhead. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, what's going on mm. here? And Kimberly being like, mm, the younger model, redhead. Yes. Because when you're with a cheater... We've seen it before. You always, you're more suspect usually of what they're up to. Uh, And I just know from having red hair, when you meet another redhead, there is something where you're like, hmm, who's this? (laughs) How dare you? You Enter my sphere. (laughs) You also have red hair. So Kimberly introduces herself and she asks Sydney, can I ask what you're doing with his laundry? And Sydney covers, she says, oh, there's just some clothes that he left at the apartment that Jane asked him to return. And it's a very awkward moment. Because Kimberly's clocks it instantly, what Michael has done. Yeah, She's like, she knows Michael. They just had this conversation about the laundry. (laughs) She's not stupid. And she knows deep down that Michael would find it really hot to fuck his ex-wife's younger sister. And I respect this about Kimberly because she, of all the people on this show, she truly does understand Michael. Yeah. She knows him. She knows him. Yeah. At D&D, Joe is there and she says hi to Allison. And Joe asks Allison for advice because now she realizes that Amanda has been encroaching on Jake Right. And her relationship is in danger. Yeah. So she wants advice from Allison. She's like, hey, Allison, as someone who's been through this before with this same woman, you know, what should I do? And is it wrong that I feel weird that they went to dinner? And Allison says, nothing Amanda does surprises me anymore. Yeah. She's like, I would not put anything past her. And basically, she tells Joe, she's like, look, take the job, but just keep your eye on Amanda. Yeah. Especially in regards to Jake. Always keep your eye on Amanda. Yes. At the hospital, Kimberly is talking to Michael about Sydney. And (laughs) she's like mad that Sydney was at their house. Yeah. And she pulls his underwear out. Why did she have, I forget, why did she have his underwear? But she whips it out in the middle of the hospital. And he's like, Kimberly. Because I think it's because she did the laundry. So she's like, Sydney, this is what Sydney brought back, right? Yeah, she's like, why is why is Jane's sister doing your laundry? And Michael's like, oh, Jane probably, he throws Jane under the bus. He throws Jane under the bus. Jane probably sent Sydney over to spy on me. You know, she's got that high-powered attorney, Kimberly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like thinking on the fly. (laughs) He totally thinks he's He's a genius. He thinks he's an evil genius. Uh, But it's like so clear what he's done. And it's like, so why she do your laundry? That still doesn't make sense. (laughs) Right. Like, even if even if she was sent over there as a spy for Jane, Kimberly still knows that you asked her to do the laundry. Yeah, he's so busted. Um, the funny thing about Michael is he thinks he's, because he's a doctor, he's 
smarter than everyone else. Yes. But Kimberly is so much smarter than him. Kimberly is the smartest person on the show. Yes. Maybe Amanda too. Like they're the only ones truly sort of in the know. Yes. They're both the most dialed in. Yes. I think so. Like, and I think uh, everyone else is stupid. (laughs) Or like clueless or not like paying attention. They're clueless and everyone else gives each other way too much benefit of the doubt. Well, even when they know they're being manipulated, like Allison clearly knows, watch out for Amanda, she's telling Joe, they still they still can't defeat her. No. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> no, they can't. Um, Kimberly is tired of sneaking around, and then they start passionately kissing again. Mm. Right after she says this. She can't, they're just so horny for each other. It's they, truly all-encompassing. They can't <laughs> help it. And Michael says, I'm sure he said this within earshot of several people, including patients. You better get out of here before I rip your panties off. And get Sydney to wash them. (laughs) (laughs) He's got to make that part of the kink now. As if being in a hospital waiting to see your loved one wasn't traumatic enough. As if being in the hospital waiting to see your loved one and witnessing two doctors make out wasn't traumatic then you have to hear said doctor say to the other one i'm gonna rip your panties off yeah what i would faint if that happened if i saw that well do you really want to go under anesthesia with a doctor like and worry about him getting horny (laughs) like (laughs) do you know what i mean like Like, you kind of just don't want to think of doctors being that horny no because you're under their um you're trusting them, right? Yeah. <laughs> when you're under anesthesia to yeah. treat you, yeah. it's just kind of creepy. No, it's really funny. At D&D, Amanda's leading a meeting, and Allison's there staring off into space. Right. When suddenly an assistant comes in and is like, I have an emergency call for Allison. It's Billy. Like, it's an emergency. And so Allison has to get up and leave the meeting. And Amanda's irritated. She's so annoyed. Well, part of me was, because I I couldn't remember exactly how it went down, but I was like, fucking Billy. Like, (laughs) what's the emergency? And I, I, for a second, I was like, it's just going to be Billy. And he's going to be like, I love you. (laughs) (laughs) And Allison's going to be like, I'm in an important meeting, Billy. And Billy would have been like, Come on, there's Sorry. always time. To, there's always time to say I love you. It was an emergency, Allison. I had to tell you how I feel. Yeah. <laughs> like that was what I thought was going to happen. It was, I was, and I was so annoyed. So I was almost relieved when it was Keith. I, I was know. like, okay, thank God. Yeah, Allison gets tricked. It's actually Keith who has called and pulled her out of this meeting. So Allison's at her desk on the phone with Keith and we see Keith and he's real sweaty. He's looking more sweaty and more green, (laughs) pale gray than ever. Keith gray. Keith gray. (laughs) That's right. He looks terrible. And Allison is like, I'm calling the police. And Keith goes, don't bother. I'll be dead. (laughs) And then he's like, I love you, Allison. I'll always love you. And then he says to Allison that he has a gun and it's loaded and he's calling to say goodbye. And Allison panics and she's like, wait. And she starts begging with him to just not do anything, to put the gun down, like take a break, take up, get help. She's trying desperately to talk Keith off the ledge in this moment. And he's like apologizing for what he's done. Yeah. He's yeah. like, I'm sorry I hurt you. Sorry for stalking you. <laughs> and then the gun goes off. And Allison just shatters. This is crazy. She's at work. She's at her desk in the middle of like, she just got pulled out of a meeting. No, she's just surrounded by the hustle and bustle of D&D. In this moment. And she just heard a suicide happen. Yeah. Well, and, you know, she heard a gunshot go off. Yes. So we don't know exactly, because it is very possible Keith would lie. That is true. 
like uh, I mean I knew what happened but so right. I wasn't shocked but like nevertheless this is a horrific experience to go through oh totally and that night it is confirmed by the Seattle PD that Keith did in fact kill himself right because that's what we're all thinking at the end of that scene if you hadn't seen it before but then the next scene is immediately like Billy walking into the apartment like well it's confirmed yeah. <laughs> It's like, thank you for that exposition. <laughs> because it is true, because that is, it wouldn't be uh, um, beyond the realm of possibility that Keith would fake that. Fake it, to and then he has her. free reign to stalk her again, or yeah, whatever, yeah. and people think he's dead. Yeah. Right. But no, he is dead. He is dead. Billy's trying to console Allison, and she's hysterical, and now she's blaming herself. This was Keith's final attack. Yeah, because she's like, I told him I wished he was dead. Right. I, you know, he did this because of me. Like, even though he was bad, technically it's my fault, (laughs) like that he killed himself. Right. Right. She doesn't know how she's going to get over this. The next day, Michael shows up at Melrose Place and Sydney is so happy to see him and she invites him in and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, Sid, Sid, I need to set the record straight about Kimberly. She's just a friend, and I wouldn't want you to mention any of this to Jane. And she she wraps her, her arms around his waist and looks up at him like she's going to kiss him. Yeah. And she's like, I'd never say anything. And then she asks him how the lasagna was, and he's like, it was one of the best lasagnas I've ever had. <laughs> and this, so this is like, she also puts her little finger on her lips. She's like, it's our little secret. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, but it's the way she's holding him. It's like you would never put your arms around the waist of your brother-in-law and pull him close to no, you. No, no. And the fact that Michael lets it happen just is, it just indicates how, what a, what a scumbag he is. <laughs> he doesn't push her off. He kind of just basks in the moment. Sydney is why they invented the term tart. She's a tart. She's a tart and she like lives for male attention. Yeah. And Michael is just the number one target for that. And he's also a challenge and she likes that. Well, the funny thing about Michael is that at this moment, he he holds reign over these women. Yeah. Uh, and it's like Kimberly, I do think is smart, but she's also a little needy and desperate because of her career. She doesn't have the opportunity to meet men. Really. Yeah. yeah. So Michael's kind of like it for her. Right. But he also has Jane to an extent still under his thumb just because she wants to kind of you know, win too over right. Michael and, and Sydney. So it's like, he has this little stable of women. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's just kind of like, yeah, he has all this attention from these three women who are obsessed with him in different ways. Yeah. And it's just funny. Cause it's like, look at him. I know. And Sydney's like, I like doing things for you. And he, I, everything she says to Michael is a little sing songy. Mm. And she's always like, putting her head back and forth. <laughs> just like She's in full like flirt mode. She is infatuated with Michael. Yes. Like, yeah. At a fancy business lunch, Allison is having flashbacks to Keith's suicide. And Amanda is there holding court and she's carrying this entire conversation because Allison is in a complete daze. And she's drinking martinis. And she's drinking martinis. And Amanda's like, anything more to add, Allison? Because they're trying to schmooze these two business guys. Right. And Allison's like, what? Huh? What what was the question? She doesn't even try. No, we just see her like gulp down the last of a martini. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so the meeting, the business lunch ends, the guys leave, and Amanda turns to Allison and she is fucking pissed yeah she swings her little purse over her shoulder and she's like what is your problem you knock back three martinis at lunch you hardly say a word three 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 martinis at lunch that's a lot allison that is a lot now this is another opportunity like uh, example of like how do you not mention the fact like did she just go back in that meeting after keith killed himself yeah (laughs) like how do you not break down out of your control in that moment and right. then every, it all comes out, right? right? Like that's the moment it all comes out. Or like you have to phone the police. Yeah. 
like there's actual things you have to take care of in that moment. Right. Where you would be like, I don't fucking care if I get fired. Like I need to get the police on the line or whatever. Like, yeah. So she just says to Amanda, she's like, I'm, I'm going through a crisis. Amanda does not care. Cause like at this point, Allison hasn't mentioned any specifics. She hasn't let her know what's really going on. And it seems like she's just making excuses. Yeah. And then this was really funny. I love, I love this scene. The maitre d' or the host guy, he walks by and Amanda stops him and she's like, excuse me, can you call her a cab? And Allison's like, Amanda, I'm fine. And she's like, you're drunk. Go home. You're drunk. <laughs> Oh, wait, because she wants to go back to work. Yeah, she wants to go back to work and she calls her a cab. And and Allison gives Amanda the Pikachu face when she says you're drunk. She's like, like, I mean, there's nothing lower. I mean, there might be something, but like it's pretty low moment for someone when someone has to literally call you a cab and tell you you're drunk. And you're you're not in a state where you're like, yes, I am drunk. Thank you for the cab. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, well, well, when when you weren't supposed to be drunk, you're not supposed to be drunk, and it's so clear that people are like, you can't drive. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, when, what are you thinking? When they're like, you're a mess. Yeah, like you. That's if that's not your mind frame, like where you're like, I'm gonna be drinking, I'm gonna get a cab home or an Uber or whatever. Yeah. Like you should be in charge of that. And when you're not, it's like something you're you're out of control. Um cut to Allison pouring a rose. She's gotta finish that other bottle. Right. <laughs> she bought few. It's already been opened. And Joe is there. And so Allison tells Joe about everything that went down with Keith. And she is still blaming herself. She wonders if she led Keith on and Joe immediately shuts that down because she's a good friend. And she's Mm -hmm. like, that's not true. And she tells Allison that her mother killed herself. So she knows how, how that is, how painful it is and And how you blame yourself and how you can blame yourself. And she tells Allison, look, you can't numb the pain. Hint, hint, all your drinking, all your drinking and working. And she gives good advice. She says, let it be hard for a while. Yeah. Billy's on the couch watching movies when Allison comes back in. And she gets on top of him because she's feeling good after this chat. Yeah. After this little chat with Joe. And she's like, once again, is kind of apologizing to him. And she's like, I love you. And I don't want to let anything get in the way of that. And they kiss flamenco guitar plays yeah the romantic flamenco guitar plays and they go in they fuck i love you too (laughs) he's always like he he can't say i love you without it being cutesy yeah he's like oh i love you too it's just like (laughs) shut up billy (laughs) just say it normally or he goes i love you yeah there's something about his tone of voice that just drives me fucking nuts like it, yeah. I can't take him seriously. Like, imagine fucking that guy and hearing him <laughs> say something dirty or like whatever. Like, ooh, that feels so good. Oh. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, oh. he can't. I just can't with him. Oh. So that night, Allison is laying awake in bed. Billy, of course, is just passed out, clueless, without a care in the world. So Allison gets up. She puts on a new chenille robe that we haven't seen before. And it's extra fluffy. It's very fluffy. Because the collar, I was like, is that a Muppet robe? Because <laughs> I thought it was one of those shaggy, but then I did see it was more of a chenille style. They need to bring back this style of robe. They're cute. I love them. And she gets up. She puts her robe on. She goes into the kitchen. And we know she's not just getting a snack. <laughs> she's getting that vodka bottle out of the freezer. She's getting her middle of the night vodka. <laughs> That's when you know you have a problem when you wake up in the middle of the night and have to have a drink. Yeah. Like she, I wouldn't be surprised if Allison had the shakes at this point. She's got to keep drinking. Yeah. I mean, I guess what's the thing you can't get back to sleep. So you're like, I'll have a drink to calm down. Right. I mean, that's not a good sign. She's about to start pouring it in her coffee in the morning. Yeah. But she's drinking and that's the scene we end on. It's like, uh uh-oh. Allison's got a drinking problem. She's now. got a drinking problem. Yeah. And that's how the episode ends. Very dramatic episode. 
this was the only way we were getting rid of Keith. He would have never stopped. No. <laughs> so sadly, he had to go. Oh, like, God, he just was the worst. Just awful. Yeah. I mean, at least he did bring us some good storylines at the end. Yeah, he did. And he pushed Allison to drinking, which gives us more good storylines. <laughs> <laughs> so it's he true. did have a purpose. It's he true. Did. It's true. Uh, we will be back very soon with episode four, where more drama happens. Ugh, so happy we're in season two. Yeah, it's good. Bye. That's it. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.